Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Haley. And we are Leals on Reels. episode we are going to start off by talking about the new M. Night Shyamalan film Glass. So this is a uh, the third installment is it that? Yes this is the third installment of the surprise trilogy that started with 2000's Unbreakable and continued on much to everyone's surprise in 2016 slash 2017 depending on when you look at when it debuted Split starring James McAvoy. Which I thought was a great movie in itself. Oh, yeah. There was a lot um, of tension there. So I guess we probably should kind of recap a little bit before we move on to Glass. Yes. So I think the best place to start is probably where the trilogy started all those years ago with Unbreakable. Because I think that was maybe one of the issues with Glass. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But just that Unbreakable was so long ago. Yeah. I, that was almost 20, yeah, 20 it was years. Almost 20 years. years, yeah. Yeah, 19 years. Yeah, so, so when that film was released back in 2000, it stars Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, and it's kind of like an alternate superhero movie. Kind of. It's more like, you know, the yin-yang kind of effect, right? Yeah, it talks about themes with superheroes that aren't usually touched upon in the blockbuster action flicks that we've come to expect from superhero films as of late. Yeah, it's it's not that kind of superhero. It's more of um, almost like regular people with just enhanced abilities, I guess. Mm-hmm. In a way, you know. Yeah, it's almost almost taking a more realistic approach to superheroes. Yeah. So that's where the trilogy started yeah, from. Yeah, that's where which... it began, and that's where Glass ends up returning to. Yeah. Because when Split came out almost 20 years later after Unbreakable, at the time no one had any idea that it connected to Unbreakable at all. Yeah, n- none. And then, well... It just Yeah, it just, just did toward just the did. end. Yeah. And I remember when I was seeing Split in the theaters, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember you grabbed my arm and just like squeezed like, really oh hard. I'm like, oh, it's, hold on. It's, it's Bruce Willis. I'm like, I get it. Let go of my <laughs> hand, please. <laughs> but yeah, so that was kind of nice to uh, see that reveal. Yeah, because Split is a completely different story with completely different characters. James McAvoy is playing a character named Kevin Crumb, who has over 20 distinct personalities. It might even be more, right? Like it's it's over 20. More. I'm just sticking with that. Okay. Between 20 and 30. I don't know the specific number offhand. Yeah. But it's it's a completely self-contained film for the most part, and James McAvoy completely excels at his character. And then in the end, you get this tie-in to Unbreakable that no one was expecting, and it opens up this kind of universe that Mm -hmm. Shyamalan has been planning for all these years, and I guess he's just now been able to finalize it. Yeah. 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 So, and, yeah, and it was kind of nice to uh, 
just see that and then all of a sudden we start seeing more stuff as the months went by after oh yeah i was watching the production for glass (laughs) anxiously awaiting its release and which brings us to glass yes glass glass brings back a lot of the original characters from unbreakable which i thought was really nice like we get bruce willis back of course we can't make a sequel to unbreakable without him yeah, the the actor who played his son nearly 20 years ago comes back now instead of a child. He's a he's a grown adult. Grown adult, yeah. And that makes a lot of the flashbacks that are in Glass, which are essentially scenes from Unbreakable, it makes them more poignant mm-hmm. because you're actually seeing this kid and who he has grown into, and it makes it more emotional for me, I felt. More believable. Like, yeah. It, yeah, like... Yeah. It adds a really and nice sentimental touch to it. All that time that passed, that has passed, it didn't really f- like feel like it's been twenty years mm-hmm. because you get the same actor actor as a kid now as an adult, and they st- they tied that whole thing together quite well, I think. So mm-hmm. it, it felt the you know the transition was really good. It was really easy. Yeah, another character that comes back from the original film is um, the actress who portrayed Samuel L. Jackson's character's mom. Mm-hmm. And that's it's a little bit interesting because she's actually younger than Samuel L. Jackson. The Is actress. She really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting to see her portray his mother in modern day because a lot of the stuff in Unbreakable was a lot of flashbacks with her. Yeah. So it didn't it didn't matter that she was younger than Samuel L. Jackson because they she was acting with the kid version of his character. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of interesting to see her come into play in this sequel playing his mom in modern day and still, she's a little bit younger than him but you know still they the played movie, it off play, yeah they played, yeah, it, off they played and, it off she's a great actress she was able to pull it off and everything and you know, i had no the, issues with the talent and part of that whatsoever. i think is you know it, she still treated him like a kid Her son, yeah yeah so yeah i i did not even know that she was actually younger than yeah i saw some him. people talking about that <laughs> yeah then on top of that, the film also brings back some of the characters from Split. Like, of course, we get James McAvoy back again, playing his character Kevin Crumb. We get Anya Taylor-Joy comes back to replay yep. her character from Split. She's also quite good. And then we get some newcomers, too. Uh, Sarah Paulson joins so, the cast. Yep, Sarah Paulson. Um, yeah, well, she's, yes, she's, she's pretty much the other main yeah she's the other main character that gets brought into it but she's a new character to the universe and ends up playing a very major role in events throughout the film and i i gotta admit i was a little worried about her character based off of the trailers i remember you saying that you were saying that she was she might not play the character quite like i was worried because like i'm i'm a fan of m night Shyamalan. i'm not gonna like be afraid to admit that and i will admit that And some of his previous films, I haven't really been a fan of some of his female characters that are more quirky Mm -hmm. because it just ends up seeming a little bit too quirky and I get disconnected. My biggest example of that would probably be Zoe Deschanel in The Happening. So I was a little worried when I was watching the trailers with Sarah Paulson's character that I was going to have the same reaction to her as I did with Zoe Deschanel and the happening, but I'm very happy to say that I didn't feel that way with Sarah once, Paulson in this one. I didn't disconnect with it. Once her you character. actually got to watch it. Yeah, once I actually saw her character in the context of the film, I'd never disconnected with her. So that was mm-hmm. that was nice for me. 
Yeah, I thought the cast was pretty good. Um, I had no issues really with, you know, their acting or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were pretty spot on. Yeah, but just... on that note, we can probably transition into other aspects. Like, I never had a problem with the actors, but maybe some of the character choices in the writing. Okay. Yeah, because uh, with the film being named Glass... I was assuming that we were going to see much more of Samuel L. Jackson's character and he was going to play a stronger part in the film. And I would have liked to see more of him throughout yeah. it. Well, I'd say he has a good, strong part in the film. But he yeah, because it, it, it is, if you think about it, it really did revolve around him, mm-hmm. his character. But yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from with when you say you want to see a little bit more of him. Because mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot going on. Yeah, you know, they had to they had to introduce and um, bring the three of them together, mm-hmm. right? In, yeah, in, in a way, and it's like okay, and then that's when the story starts to unfold, and you know, yeah. So, and that kind of comes into play with what I was saying earlier about how Unbreakable was so long ago. It felt like a good portion of Glass was trying to reteach audiences what happened in Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And a good a good portion of the runtime for this film focused on that instead of I feel maybe more of Samuel L. Jackson's character. And what's about to happen in the story. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I got I agree with you on that. And I guess that's just because, you know, you had the nineteen year gap and mm-hmm. you know, people, whether like us, you know, we didn't really watch the old one again because, you know, we just saw it yeah. you know, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's still fresh in our minds again. But Yeah, but not everybody has that. Yeah. A lot of people so, maybe saw it one time when it came out back yeah. then. Yeah, and I think I understand why he went that route. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, yeah, because, you know, for us, us who wanted to see a little bit more, yeah, we didn't quite get it because it was kind of retelling the story quite a bit leading up to the point yeah. where it starts to tell the actual story now. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and the story that they're going with now, it's it's very interesting because the the ending and this is without going into any detail of it because of course we don't want to spoil anything. No. But the ending is one that I found myself thinking about a lot after it was over because at first I was kind of sort of feeling like I didn't get a satisfying ending out of it. Mm-hmm. And then the more I thought about it, the more I thought it couldn't have been done any differently. Yeah, I like the ending. Fit. I personally like the ending. Yeah. Um. You know, like I don't want to spoil anything again, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I like the way it ended because it did introduce something else in a way. You know, yeah. that kind of carries, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So it's like, can you really add more to this trilogy? Probably not. Yeah. Right. But. The way it ended it was a good fitting, I think, for the characters mm-hmm. in a way, right? Yeah, I can't um, really think of any way it would have ended any differently. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I know you, you were, you were kind of like... Uh, I, my thoughts are yeah. still a little jumbled after yeah. after all this time of having seen it. My thoughts are still a little jumbled. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's like they're ever-changing. The more I think about it, the more I feel like, well, maybe maybe I don't feel this way. Maybe I do feel this way about this other thing. So yeah. I'm I'm kind of looking forward to seeing it again when it comes out to see if I can, if my thoughts change at all. Comes out on, yeah, on your birthday. <laughs> yeah, they just released the 
release date for it. So yeah. around my birthday, I'll get to watch it again. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's just an interesting note here because the movie was released on my birthday. In theaters. And then it's and gonna now come it's out getting on, its full Blu-ray release on, on my birthday. On her birthday. So <laughs> that was kind of interesting. That um, is really interesting. So I don't know. It's just, it's just really weird. I mean, this whole... Um, unbreakable thing with the yin yang and, and stuff because I I personally I have a, I have a love and hate relationship with with his movies mm-hmm. right so but so that's kind of like you know but you know it's just this one was it uh, like going off of what you were saying though because yeah. when you, when Unbreakable first came out back in the day you weren't a fan of it right i was okay with it Mm -hmm. but i was kind of left hanging and i wanted more and i think the reason why is because he had a plan which never happened until now yeah so for me watching it back because i I enjoyed you know the sixth sense and then and then unbreakable came out later on right and i was like okay i'll watch it and then you know i i do enjoy his twists Mm -hmm. i I am a big fan of that right i like his ideas the initial ideas yeah Mm -hmm. but i felt like I was left hanging, and then nothing ever came from it. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, kind of like I wanted more, but at the same time, I was just like, okay, well, then I just eventually forgot about it. Mm-hmm. How did you feel when we were going through my Shyamalan marathon and we revisited it? Um, I think I enjoyed it like I, like I did back then, mm-hmm. about the same. Yeah. Right? But, you know, I'm older now kind of have a little bit more of an open mind to it so i think i enjoyed it a little bit more than Mm -hmm. i did the first time right but at the same time i already knew what was going to happen yeah for me that was the first time i'd seen that one yeah and i couldn't i couldn't spoil that for you yeah it it jumped up to being one of my favorite Shyamalan films actually when i finally got around to watching it but actually watching it like second or third time that's probably my second or third not probably third my third time watching that movie Really? You know. Okay. Um, I know I revisited it once before. Okay. And, and then when you watched it, it was probably my third time, I, I want to say. Um, but, you know, like looking back at, again, knowing what's going to happen in, in, the, in the film, you know, it, it, you kind of pick up on the clues mm-hmm. coming through. So I think that's why I enjoyed it a little bit more. Yeah. And then that explains kind of like with your different appreciation of the first one. Yeah how you liked this the satisfying ending yeah glass exactly yeah Yeah. did it finally give you that closure that you were looking for i think that's why i enjoyed the ending of glass because i think it did give me that closure Mm -hmm. um you know and it's kind of like a bittersweet ending for me yeah well you've waited 20 years for the (laughs) ending so yeah so um i mean yeah yeah, I, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's not that it didn't have its issues, which, mm-hmm. you know, I will we'll get into that. But, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm. can't wait to see it again. Like, you know, and see if I can pick out a little bit more stuff again as second time around watching it. So. Yeah, I, I can't wait to get to actually watch it a, another time. Unfortunately, we can't really go too much into the details without spoiling Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Yeah, we don't want to so do that. We don't want to do that. That's a nice journey for everyone to take if they haven't taken it so far. I think so. this might be a good opportunity to switch to our second film that we're going to cover today. Okay. Yeah, so the next film that we're going to talk about is 1997's Contact, directed by Robert Zemeckis. I really enjoy this movie. This is another one that I saw for the first time. 
Um, again, older movie. Um, uh, I think this was released in uh, 97. 97, yeah. So I'm a big sci-fi fan, mm-hmm. right? So when this was being released, saw the trailers, I'm like, sweet. Right up your alley. We're miss. We're gonna meet some aliens or something. You know, you, like the trailers didn't show you that, but the, the contact is the name of the the film, right? Yeah, so, and I mean the tagline, you know, which is something that I really love. One of the taglines was "Space is so much bigger than any of us can comprehend, and if it's just us, that's an awful waste of space." Awful waste of space. Like that was one of my favorite things about this film. Watching it was just that phrase because it just really stuck with me. Yeah. Good cast. A great cast. Yeah. Just a lot of talent all the way across the board. And that that really helps this movie sell because it's it's really long. Two and a half hours. <laughs> yeah, it's a two and a half hour long movie. And sometimes you really do feel that. Yeah. It's not one of those films where, oh, it was two and a half hours and I had no idea. Like, you, you kind of feel the two and a half hours. It, it's, it's lengthy. It's... Like the way I see it is, it's um, I don't know if this is just Robert Zemeckis's. Um, is it, it is Robert Zemeckis, yes. right? It's his way of storytelling. But mm-hmm. he'll start it off like nice and developing your character, and all of a sudden he, he escalates it, and you get into the center section area that's kind of a slow burn. Yeah, lots of character development. Yeah, and then he escalates it again to the end. You know, like mm-hmm. so. I mean, I'll, yeah, it was long. You know, it felt like it was over two hours. But at the same it, it time, it didn't. Feel, it doesn't feel like it drags. No. But you can definitely tell that you're watching a longer film. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I know the, the, core, the core thing with Contact is it's like religion versus science. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the the most prominent theme. It's not very subtle at all. It's more in your face in your the entire face. time, and it, it gets brought up quite a bit. Oh yeah, it's it's the so. ever present. And question. Dialogue. I mean, the main character Jodie Foster. Mm-hmm. She gets questioned numerous times. Yeah, because Jodie this. Foster is our main character, and she's an astrologist. Is that what she is? Um, I can't really remember. Um, she's a scientist of some kind. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing government funding with satellites and everything. She's a scientist. And then our one of our other main characters is played by Matthew McConaughey, and he's more of a religious scholar. Yeah. So they're kind of like head-to-head throughout this film on multiple yeah. occasions. But he wasn't really in it that much, if you think about it. Despite not having as much screen time as Jodie Foster has, yeah. he still plays a really... But his presence was yeah, there, his because presence of, is there because of the religion part of the mm-hmm. questions being brought in. Yeah, as soon as you forget that Matthew McConaughey is in this movie, he pops up again. Yeah, yes. which is kind of nice. I, th- I think the pace- pacing of that was brought well, because you're like, oh, is that the last time we're going to see him? You know, And then yeah. all of a sudden... Something really happens, and, you, and you, it starts to escalate, and then there he is, kind of like, ah. And it escalates yeah, again. It's, and it's, <laughs> it is almost like a it's, – it's weird because – It's not it, a comic it was, relief. But. It was like a breath of fresh air yeah. when he showed up, like popped up in the background, but at the same time, it, oh, there oh, he is. Here, here we go. What's going to happen now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so the performances definitely carry along the story here. Um, it, it's – it's it's kind of a masterpiece in a way. Like I'm I not, love it. Yeah, like it's I from what I hear, there was some debate about it when it first came out. Like it's uh-huh. kind of like contested 
from film fans and everything. There are some people who absolutely love it, and there are some people who think it's, like, too heavy-handed. Well, I, I can see that, because, like, like, to me, this movie, yeah, it's a sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it feels like a politics, like, courtroom drama it's a little bit of everything that and it's just like okay so how is this gonna turn out you know and then and then you know you you, it's like it's like a bit of a roller coaster you get your up and downs and your wins and losses right i will definitely agree with that (laughs) so it's like and like you said it's it's a little long but it doesn't really um feel like it overstayed its welcome Mm mm-hmm because there's so much going on and there's so many levels of things that are happening, you know, like from the character developments to the initial like thing that happens to the 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 tension, mm-hmm. right? To what's about to happen and then the things happen and then more tension and then then you get thrown into the ending and you're like and then like that, that last like three or four minutes they reveal this thing and you're like oh <laughs> oh I love that description of <laughs> but that, that, it was a roller for me it was yeah. a huge roller coaster like ride. you can't see his face as he's talking about this but I'm like looking at his face and you can see the roller coaster of emotion when he's describing all these <laughs> stops on the train my station my arms are going up and down <laughs> I'm up and down on my seat like, the animation on his face <laughs> I'm pretty animated right now so my voice is probably showing that too, I hope but... the voice showed it because that was a fun ride right there <laughs> But yeah, I mean, you know, I I love the movie. You know, I if people don't like it, whatever. Mm-hmm. But for me, it it did a lot. You know, being a sci-fi fan, and it's not your heavy-handed sci-fi type of movie because it's not. It's a good storytelling sci-fi movie, right? And um, here I'm gonna actually move on here for you. And okay. I know that this movie kind of. Uh, in in not interviews, but kind of influenced other movies to date. Oh yeah, when I was watching it, I was seeing a lot of things that more modern sci-fi have definitely taken inspiration from this one. One of the first things that I was seeing was there's some parts of Interstellar that are really reminiscent mm-hmm. of this film. Um, specifically, one moment where a character like almost shakes hands with an aspect of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that that's shared across this film and Interstellar. And again, you can't see, but I'm like reaching out into she's, the shadows. <laughs> she's pretending she's doing the part of the film. Yes. <laughs> I am shaking hands with the unknown as I speak. Um, and then on top of that, uh, Arrival. I, I was reminded a lot of Arrival because you have a female scientist or a female expert in her field and she's communicating with something in the unknown mm-hmm. that Absolutely. and she's facing a lot of obstacles in her quest to be communicating yeah so I, I got a lot of vibes about arrival and interstellar throughout watching this one and I'm sure there's a plenty there's plenty of other films that have paid homage to this one oh, before I'm sure. and I'm just blanking on them at the moment I'm sure I'm sure there are a lot I mean yeah. you know everybody gets inspiration from movies they've seen in the past and taking it in, bringing it into their own. I mean, we do that ourselves. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think, I think this film is just one of those pieces of science fiction that has stuck around in the minds of people over the years. Yeah. yeah. What did you think about the effects and the visuals? Um, 
Actually, I was I was gonna bring that up, but yeah. yeah. Um, you know, for the time, um, it was decent. I mean, I, it, even watching it now, I think it held up decently. Yeah, I thought it held up pretty decently. Yeah. It was very creative. I thought. Yeah, you could tell that it was like not to the point where we are at now, but mm-hmm. considering the technology we had it in, you know, they were probably doing this since '95. Probably right? somewhere released there. in '97. So, like, think about the time. You know, we weren't even close to like what we are at right now, mm-hmm. and they pulled it off quite well. You know, I mean, yeah, it looks a little dated at certain parts of it, but for the most part, like, you just still watch the movie. Like, oh, okay, cool. Like, now you don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you really look for it, then it's like kind of hits you in your face a little bit. Yeah, because I, th- I think something that's very important for films like this is to have a very solid idea that you just push forward with mm-hmm. and you try to do the best that you can. And if it's if it's a creative idea in itself, it will pass. Yeah. And I, th- I think 20 years later, watching it, what they were trying to do completely held up. I was I was never disconnected by the special effects from so many years ago. I never looked at anything and I was like, oh, that didn't age well. Yeah, I agree. Like, like, none, none of it really clicked at me like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like you just kept watching the movie as if, you know, you know the, the one thing that did with me seeing like one of the ships um, just kind of reminded me of like the Avengers planes. Oh, Very reminiscent. <laughs> and it, I was just like, oh, Oh, I wonder if they got that idea for them. But it didn't hit me like, oh, that looks like a terrible rendition of what I know now as the Avenger plane. Like, you know. I didn't even look at the planes. He likes planes a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the movie didn't, dis- it didn't, the, the effects didn't disconnect me that way. It just disconnected me because of what I know now from the Avenger movies and their their ships. They had something very similar. And that's how I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the only thing that kind of took me away. But the effects themselves, the special effects, the graphics didn't do that. Okay. So it's just a little tidbit. <laughs> yeah. So, and then it, it wasn't like overabundance. They showed it a couple of times because of the scene of the film where it was coming into play. Okay. So. Yeah, because that's one of those things that I didn't notice. Yeah. I was too invested in other aspects yeah. of but part of that too, a little bit, is it felt out of place. Okay. It looked fine, mm-hmm. but it just maybe that's part of it too. Maybe it looked it felt out of place. Probably that's why it disconnected a little bit because of Avengers. I could see that. So, but other than that, I mean, it didn't take me away from the movie at all. Mm-hmm. You know, back then when I watched that, I probably would have been like, "Whoa, that was the coolest thing ever!" <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just one of those elements of going back and watching a film from so long ago. Yeah. And just bringing in what we know today back into that. Yeah. Well, it was kind of nice that, you know, films like these are withstand the test of time. Because there are mm-hmm. times, other movies I've watched with you that I said I haven't watched them very long time. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah, there are definitely some films that don't stand the test of time. Yeah. Luckily, I don't think this is one of them. No, no. And it had a really good story. Um, you know, so I saw a very interesting theory about this film that not only is the whole religion versus science debate something, but there's also an overabundance of television screens throughout the film after a certain point. And the person was theorizing that Zemeckis was also trying to say that 
the you the overabundance of television and receiving our opinions from people on television could be disconnecting us from what makes us human. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it was a an interesting take because of where in the film televisions are and when they start coming into play. Wouldn't that kind of go into that? What was that book about how media um, dictates your life? Oh, man, there oh. could be so many at this point. I'm not sure I, I know what you're talking about. I can't about. remember the name of the book, but there's a book out there that said um, that people who watch a lot of TV it actually affects their life because if they watch a lot of news that has a lot of bad things and they don't want to go out, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And I, maybe that's something that Zemeckis was maybe trying to maybe Maybe, maybe that, it was something about how it, it it takes away our ability to formulate our own opinions. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the media and how everything is portrayed and how things are being shown, but you're only really seeing it from the box versus the actual people who are telling the story. Yeah, or where they're getting their sources from. There is a couple things that they brought up in their theory that I did find interesting. One of them is that there are several people doing video cam chats in 1997. Yes, I do remember those, that scene. Like, who was really doing video camera chats with each other on the over the computer in 1997? Like, clearly not that many people. And then there is another element where they're at a press conference, and rather than being in the moment at the press conference, you're seeing it through monitors. Oh, that's, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, it's, the, so the, it's, it's definitely something to think about when you're watching it as an alternate type of message that's being put in interesting. there. Interesting. And, and, and I thought it was just because, you know, I mean, they were portraying Clinton. Oh, but not always. But there not was, always. Her direct supervisor was yeah, shown through the monitor. That's true. Mm-hmm. But then again, when they did have Clinton blurred out in the background, that was played off quite well, too. Mm-hmm. You know, so huh, interesting. I didn't, I didn't even think of think about that. Where did yeah, you read that? It was when I was trying to look up um, just ideas about the film and generally what people thought about it, other okay. than just us. And then I I read that on someone's blog. I'll have to look into that. That's yeah. interesting. I like that. Yeah, it just it made me think because I realized just how many screens there were, whether there we lot. were seeing things through the screen or people were watching the screen, or in the end, the fact that there is no screen evidence is part of yeah. what makes people huh. have a hard time with their opinions and whatnot. Hey, someone's trying to do a dissertation. This might be a good topic to take Maybe. It on. Film criticism, film analysis. It's yeah, fun stuff. something. Interesting. I'll have to look into that. I like that. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah, of course. Fun stuff to ponder over. So I think that's a pretty good place to stop for today's episode. So thank you for sticking around with us and hearing us talk about glass and contact. So tune in next time. I'm Haley. And I'm Eric. And we are Reels on Reels. Reels.